You're listening to The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. Welcome to the first episode of the Tuesday Club with me, Sean Holly, and Kyle Reese. Hello, renowned actor, musician, singer, all-round superb guy. Kyle. I don't know about a renowned actor, but I am most definitely a round actor. Well, you had a good Christmas, mate, didn't you? I did have a good Christmas, <laughs> but it's always Christmas in my house, Sean. January, February, March, April, May. Yeah, well, we. I'm so glad that we're off and running on the Tuesday Club, and thanks very much for listening. You can send us all your questions, anything you want, Kyle and I to talk about in the Tuesday Club. Uh, at Tuesday Club underscore on Twitter or on Instagram. You can follow us on their Tuesday Club podcast. That's the one. Good start, eh? Good start. So, um, Kyle, as I say, renowned actor, uh, we wanted this Tuesday Club podcast to be a little bit different. You know, when you asked me to do it, it was like I do a few other rugby podcasts, and they, there's a lot out there, a lot of real good ones, award winning ones. They talk about tactics and performance and yep, selection yep, and yep, this. Yep. We, I said, well, let's do something a little bit off the field, yeah? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'll sort of bring not expertise because I'm not an expert in anything by any means. But you're a mad tough. I am a mad tough. <laughs> but it, yeah, when we chatted, but it was something that we wanted to do for a while and we just thought we could bring the rugby world over to the showbiz world and yeah. mix them both together and see what we get. Yeah, well, we do the off the field stuff for the rugby players, the former players, the current players, if they're injured or coming back, they're on holiday or anything, any issues that are going on. Yeah. And then you, you bring the red carpet, Kyle, as a. As a, a renowned actor, currently in a huge American hit series, you've been in a BAFTA award-winning film, and you're a Potoba boy. I've been very lucky, very lucky. But most Potoba boys are very lucky, though. <laughs> so, just uh, where are we today, bud? We'll just tell everyone where we're coming from today. Well, here we are in the Brit Pub in Carmarthen, a uh, lovely village uh, where we're from now, and uh, just up the Avon Valley. Beautiful part of the world, and uh, big thanks to Gemma, the landlady here at the Brit Pub, our spiritual home, and uh, fabulous place. If you haven't been there, come up and sample the fair. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, they do uh, lots of uh, events as well, don't they? Like, they've just had um, a day for the Welsh Valentine's Day, haven't they? Yeah. Special menus. They had a murder mystery last week. Murder mystery, I've seen that. I saw the, if you, you follow them, as the, the Brit Pub on uh, Instagram. And um, I looked at the, the the feed, and it was just a fella on the floor. And I was like, oh, what's a <laughs> bit of a fight gone on then? Is it in the Brit pub? Not, not, don't see that much up here. <laughs> I think what they've done as well, right? Good link is um, they've done a Richard Burton night. People come and they've written poems or they recite stuff from Richard Burton. Oh things. Of course, a Carmarthen boy, Pondra de Venn. And uh, we've got so many renowned musicians, actors, sports people from Potoba, don't we? Absolutely millions. You've got Richard Burton, Anthony Hopkins, Michael Sheen, <coughs> Rob Brayden Rob Brayden Baglan boy Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese. well maybe one day <laughs> um, but no yeah there is such an array of um, talent that comes from our town and like the two worlds collide that's why we're doing this because you're an expert in the rugby world um, I'm not an expert in the acting world by any means but I've had a little taste of it over the last I don't know 10 years since I left school so yeah but um, work with some great people so that that's all to come on these podcasts we'd be delighted to hear from our listeners build up a bit of a following we've got a twitter page and instagram page so if you want to ask us some questions or anything you'd like us to debate then get in touch on twitter we're at tuesday club underscore and on instagram tuesday club podcast so uh, it's always a bit of a bummer though because when we were setting up the social medias 
you know, you've got other podcasts and companies and it's like they adjust their names, but somebody had had Tuesday Club on Twitter, so I had to put a <laughs> blooming underscore at the end. Well, professional. You see my name, Sean Holly, and the way it's spelled, do you think I'd be able to get at Sean Holly if I'm at underscore Sean Holly? There's a lot more famous Sean Holly. <laughs> do you know there. what I did when I, when I joined Twitter? I joined Twitter because obviously, um, no disrespect, I'm a lot younger than you, Sean. Um, I joined Twitter and I done a little, and it was before I had any sort of acknowledgement for doing acting jobs when I was just, you know, and, well, I'm still a nobody, but, you know, when I wasn't doing anything, I put a the in front of my name and the Kyle Reese. The Kyle Reese. Um, <laughs> and most people will, will um, say to me, every job I get, right, is a member of a crew or another actor, another cast member or someone on that job will say, all right. John Connor's father, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Every job, guaranteed, Terminator. So to John Connor's father in the Terminator. It was called Kyle Reese in the first ever one. He's the man who came back from the future to tell everyone. So I get that, but I just thought I'd stick a there in front of it. And if I do ever become a very, you know, in, in Anthony, Anthony Hopkins' shoes or Richard Burton's shoes, the Kyle Reese, then, you know, it's me. It's you, all right. So I, got a, I got a blue tick as well, so Wales. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, Sean... Um, Six Nations are upon us. It is the best time of the year. A lot of people after Christmas have that sort of um, uh, the, the dip, you know, um, or it, Christmas is over, or it's gone so fast this year. But for me, I get so excited when Christmas is over because that means it's only four weeks until the best rugby tournament in the world is coming to town. Yeah. And you were in London last week, weren't you, doing something about... Uh, the Six Nations launch? It was, yeah. When I uh, recorded the Scrum 5 podcast, which is worth a listen. We're not here to compete with other podcasts. We like to promote real good podcasts, and it's a good one. Uh, and Scrum 5 Six Nations preview uh, right. filmed the show. Brilliant. It was Tobacco Dock uh, up in London, and they're all day, busy day. But you're all the coaches, all the captains milling around, all the press and media from all over the Six Nations. And uh, I, I see, I'd be like, I'd be like oh, a little girl. I would, like a kid in the sweet shop. I would. It's, the thing is, see, I can work. I, like I've been very lucky. I've worked with a lot of big actors and big names. And uh, one thing that I will always live by, which my old man told me, he said, Kyle, because I've worked on building sites most of my life, you know, and even in acting jobs. Now I do, uh, in between. So he's always said to me, Kyle. He said, you meet all these famous people. You just remember, boy. They, they're a person just like you, and they get put on a pedestal every day, so you treat them like you do one of the boys in the building site, which I do. Yeah. But when I come across a rugby player, especially a Welsh international, oh, Sean, I'm like a 15-year-old girl, man. Mate, you would have been like a kid in the sweet shop, and I was thinking of you, actually, because on the stage where they did a bit of, a, bit of a press conference, there was a couple of Six Nations rugby balls, and I was thinking to myself... <laughs> Kel would nick one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would have. I would have. With a sharpie. Alan Wynn, sign this please. You know, Ten <laughs> times. Ten times. But, you know, the highlight of the day, apart from the food, which was from all over the Six Nations, Fabian Galtier, the French coach, turned up like he was on an Eastern Laurent catwalk, mate. It was unbelievable. <laughs> he had these goggles, he had this snazzy suit, white daps. I mean, he looked amazing. He was cool as you like, you know. <laughs> I just want to go back to you. Just mentioned the food was amazing. Tell us because I seen a picture you posted on uh, Instagram, you, on your Instagram, saying yeah. England, Wales, and there yeah. was a menu from every part of the country. Yeah, it was, and it was really nice. So from France, you had this halibut with uh, like a cream sauce, and uh, Scotland, you had haggis, little small three Oof. balls of haggis. You would have liked them. Uh, Irish stew, bit corny, but uh, that was nice. Um, roast beef Yorkshire pudding from England. Uh, this they don't quite do a roast dinner like we do in Wales, or do they? I mean, Wales, 
<laughs> I got it in first. I got it in first. That's no, Kyla's. I think I've had one. I've had one. That's Kyla's uh, signature wheels. I've got wheels Tourette's, okay? Yeah, That's it. Uh, Noki, Pesto Noki from Italy and uh, from Wales, Wales, um, Glamorgan sausages, which obviously is a traditional uh, dish. Yeah. But traditionally, there's no meat in them. These were pork sausages. No, I've got, I've got <laughs> uh, some in Glamorgan sausages, right? When I, I used to live in London. And obviously, all the actors knew me. All the actors, all my friends who knew me, they knew I was mad rugby fan. And one year, I decided to do a Six Nations opener party in my flat. Right now, our flat was um, a three-story uh, house in Fulham, and the second floor, or the first floor, and the second floor where I was only. So we had a, a kitchen and a living room, which were the only communal areas. And then it was three bedrooms and one bathroom. So we'd set up a TV in the kitchen and a TV in the living room. But I put Six Nations bunting all over the place. And I did my own little Six Nations menu. And I had things like little mini pizzas for Italy. I had fish cakes and a big plate of chips for England. But for Wales, I had Glamorgan sausages and a load of them. And a big pile of Welsh cakes, right? And the next morning, you know, everybody's gone. Party's over. I went back in and said, oh, i got to start cleaning up. And do you know the only thing we were left? The bloody Glamorgan sausages were left. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I had ma- I had macaroons for France, right? And everybody smashed them. Should have done cowl, mate. Cowl. Uh. That's what people like from Wales. But uh, no, it was a great Six Nations launch. And he just sort of knew. There was a buzz around the place. He was excited. It was the real start of the Six Nations, you know. And mm. we're in for a fabulous six to eight weeks, you know. Big games coming up. Obviously, three home games for Wales. And uh, an exciting new squad with some new faces, new coaching team. And, you know, it should be a great time. Of course... Everybody has a great time in the home games because there's all sorts going on. Hospitality and people love going to the games. Cardiff is a buzz, isn't it? So, And you'll be trying to gear crash as many hospitality gigs as you can. Always have gear crashed a few of yours and been thrown out of a few of yours. <laughs> yes, you uh, have. That's true. <laughs> true um, none of it was my fault, though. <laughs> and just on that note, if there are anybody, people out there with a box that want to fill them up with Six Nations home games, I am th- totally available for all home games. <laughs> Well, listen, talking of, of uh, a bit of rugby and showbiz, uh, you made your Scrum 5 debut a couple of weeks ago. I did. Presenting a little piece on the Batalba Panthers down at the Aberham and Green Stars. And a friend of yours, Brett, Brett Thomas, he was uh, in aid of his daughter. Yeah. Um, I thought he did really well, mate. Well, you, you know me, Sean. Uh, I, you know, it's like that Ian McKellen thing on the on uh, Ricky Gervais' programme. Do you know how I know what, what to do? They tell me where to stand. Do you know how I know what to say? They write it on a piece of paper for me. Anything outside acting or a bit of singing or a dabble on an instrument, I am totally, I'm a novice. So when uh, they approached and said, oh, look, you know, do you want to do this little feature? And I was like, yeah, okay, great. Um, just for everybody to know, Sean was there as well. And just off the camera, he was the next me. And I was looking at him, asking him, what do I say? What do I do? But I uh, know I was really nervous, but no, I did. It come it come out well. Um, it was a great day down there. Like you know, yeah. so you stayed down there for a while. We had a couple of beers after. Um, but it was it was great to see all. Well, not not all because obviously there's a few local teams in Port Albert, but uh, a lot of uh, the local community coming down to support the Panthers and obviously Brett Thomas and his family. Um, but yeah, it was great, and um, I never ever get tired of not seeing myself on the television because it is true what they say the camera adds 10 pounds but if you're already 300 pounds then it's worse <laughs> we did really well mate. look it's not easy people who do it like myself you know i'm a coach end of the day but i've done it now for seven eight years and you do get really nervous you get butterflies and that and uh, particularly when it's live that was a 
pre-record, but when it's live, like the Six Nations Scrum Five Sundays will be now. My even though I only have a little spot, four minutes or so, it's pretty nerve-wracking because my, even though I have four minutes, because of the analysis of the games, they tee up the chats with the guests on the sofa, so I have to get it right and I have mm. to nail it. And people always say to me, "Oh, are you reading an autocue or do you script that?" And I don't. So I know. The do they have? Do they have them? No, for. You know, like no. obviously in lots of like uh, just for referencing on the Oscars, obviously the people who host the Oscars they have a teleprompter yeah. and an auto cue. But everybody watches a lot of rugby. We see you and mm. you know Ross Harris and Shane and someone whoever the pundits are. Do you do you get that? Do anybody no. ask for that? Or? Look, the, the presenters, whether it's Ross Harris, Sarah Elgin, Gareth Rees-Owen, Catherine Hellard, whoever they are, they script their own little links. So when they stood in front of the audience saying. Uh, it, now it's over to Eddie Butler's uh, bit with Brian Moore, whatever, on the England game. Whatever that is, they they script that, of course. There's no autocue on that. Well, they do that themselves. Yeah, they, so they know where they need to be going, right. and they'll script those things themselves. A lot of the scripts for the presenters on match days and stuff are, are scripted for them, you right. know, and they rehearse them and they do them, they nail them, fair play. But my bit, I always think that because I've spent hours putting the clips together, I always want to... Because I know what's coming. I know I've made the points. I've sat with the technician to put the arrows and the space and the slow-mo and the zoom in myself. That I want to do it live and from the heart, if you like, you know, uh, as if I was giving that analysis to to my team yeah, in, the, in yeah. the video room, if you know what I mean. So it comes across as authentic and real. Now, that means that sometimes I don't say in a way that I wanted to say it. I've got bullet points, and I know. So, so John Inverdale isn't that smooth, and he's got he's rehearsed that down to a point. Ah, uh, he is smooth. I is mean, the, all those top presenters are amazing, you know, um, because that's not easy when it's live, especially. And I, 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 you know, I do a lot of hosting of events and things, and, and the trick there is, people aren't necessarily there to listen to you, the host or the presenter. They want to listen to the guest. That's why they call the talent the yeah, ones who go on yeah. the sofa. So it's about teeing them up so they can knock it out of the park, if you know what I mean, you know? So, uh, yeah, you did really well, mate. thought it was excellent Thanks, and uh, great debut. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I just want to, um, obviously, like we said just now, new uh, squad, new coaching setup. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the uncapped players they brought in. Um, how do you think... It's going to go with the new players coming in. You've got a lot of experienced players still there involved, and how, how what happens? Like obviously, you've been a coach for Wales. Uh, what uh, what what happens now when they bring these new young boys in? Like you've got people like uh, uh, Lewis Rees Ahmed who's tearing it up in the, the English Premiership, mm. and he's just come in, and you've got Josh Adams with a br- well. To a top strike going to World Cup, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. You had a storm in World Cup. You've got George North, who they're talking about possibly bringing him to the centre. Mm. But how does that dynamic work now? So you fall into the trap straight away, haven't you? Ooh. You. What's You're that? such a mad, tough rugby <laughs> fan. I've just told our listeners, our first listeners and our first episode, it's going to be off the field stuff. I know, but I... we're f- talking rugby straight away. So I forgot. I forgot. Only because... <laughs> You're a mad, tough. I am a mad, tough. But also, uh, it is interesting to you, but... For somebody like we're talking now, as you are somebody who's been in in those situations, you've been in those scenarios as coach, as somebody who's outside of it, anal- um, analyzing it all. But for me, yeah. it's you know, and, and you are a busy man. It's not often like I'm so happy that I get to see you now once a week to record this podcast. <laughs> Any inside info you've got, I'm getting it first. Well, look, mate, uh, well, I'll keep it brief because we, we're going to do off the field stuff. But 
they 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 professional rugby players. Even though like Lewis Reesamit is young, he'll he'll get a bit of mentoring, you know. So they may put an experienced guy rooming with him or along in training, just keeping an eye on him. But they won't wrap him up in cotton wool and mollycoddle him. Mm. You know, they're in the well squad for a reason. Yeah, you yeah. know, John McNichol, even though he's going to be a new cap, he's he's an experienced player. Yeah. You know, so no, they'll be getting on with it and. Hey, let's face it. If you were George North, Owen Lane, bless him, was injured, uh, Josh Adams, and this young Lewis Reesabit comes in in training, <laughs> you're going to go, all right, Bert, how's it going? Hope you get a nice cap. They're gunning for his play, for oh. one place oh, on the wing. So, and, and the coaches will be aware of that. They're experienced coaches, and they'll be ramping it up and playing them off from one another. They want to see the best of them in, in training. So, uh, And at the same time, which is difficult, keeping a strong culture and a bond and a camaraderie between them, but let's face it, mate. You know, like you said, I've been I've been in Six Nations campaigns with Wales, and there's no better place to be. You know, it's a dream, isn't it? You know, I think everyone will be listening to this who has gone to a game. Uh, even the, even the autumn internationals, there's a good atmosphere there. But yeah. that is normally just for because everyone. Well, saying that they used to know everyone was going there just for a knees up because we would never beat the Southern <laughs> Hemisphere teams but yeah. now you know we c- every time they came last year we had a four from four yeah. autumn internationals yeah. but uh, Lewis Reesamit right I-, I know he's just come out of the woodwork in the last sort of three months have you seen how fast he is he's and they call what they call him Reeslightning Reeslightning and yeah. I just I'm gutted that he's got I don't know how or his who his parents are or who got married why he's got that hyphenated Zamet but I personally think that he should drop the Zamet yeah. and just do it for the Reeses I mean, you know I, when I work with Scott Johnson I work with him at Wales and at the Ospreys he uh, typical Aussie if we had a player like Lewis Reesamet come in and we had a couple of double barrel names he'd have him in the office and he'd go um, what's it going to be son you know, and, and the player would be like <laughs> What do you mean? What's it, what's it going to be? Is it Reese or Zamet? And you go, no, 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 it's Reese Zamet. Nah, 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 mate. Nah, mate. Can't have two names, mate. What's it to be, mate? Right, Reese or Zamet? Nah, nah, nah. Do you know what? Do you know what he reminds me of as well? There's somebody that's watched so much footage of the, you know, Welsh legends and that. A very good friend of yours, Jonathan Davis. You see clips of that Lewis Reese Zamet. There was one he was playing. Um, I can't remember what team they were playing, right? It was on a, it was on a BT Sport highlight clip on social media somewhere. And he, uh, there was a cross-field kick put, put across, and there was a full-back and a centre in front of him. The full-back was near the 22, where he would just drop behind him. And he beat the both of them there, yeah. and he was in his own half. Yeah, he's fast. And do you know, the beauty of being an 18-year-old, I can't remember, <laughs> but is he's fearless, so yeah. he'll just go out there and do it. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if Wayne Pivak Caps him early, you know. Just well, they got to pick him for that Italy game. If well, there was a game in the Six Nations that you would put somebody like that who is clearly on form, he for may his go on club. the bench. I think he may he may bring him on towards the end. I think it was a blood in that way. I think I think George will play thirteen. Josh, yeah, Adams. but none of this 67, 68 minutes or go on, go on have twelve minutes. Bring him on the fifty may, minutes, may, you know. If you were asked to go on, give him half an hour minutes for Wales. Would you get on? I would. I probably last thirty <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Listen, let's get away from rugby. I'm going to ask you you now a little bit of showbiz world. You, you were in that BAFTA award-winning film Pride, fantastic film. You know, Mm. congratulations on that. Uh, You know, amazing, obviously, to be in something like that. You've, you know, you've been in UK-based television dramas. You, um, you've worked on the stage. You've trained. You're working hard now. But of late, you've been in this American show, Outlander. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. it's just gone through the roof, mate. You must be delighted. Mate, do you know what, right? Um, 
this is a funny story, right? When I was living in London and the whole Netflix and Amazon Prime uh, thing was taken off and they started then just producing their own uh, TV shows and movies, right? Because they were getting so much money. I just finished like two or three. I finished House of Cards with Kevin Spacey, which is brilliant. I just finished Sons of Anarchy, which is about biker gangs in America. And Hang I, on, I'm just catching these names. Hang on. You're dropping names everywhere. You're no, name, there's no names there. There's just what, names what? of the TV Kevin shows. Spacey and... I didn't work with these people. I yeah. just watched the show that they were in. Oh, right. So just to then backtrack, if anybody wants to watch the show, Kevin Spacey's in it. You I don't know him. You haven't worked with him yet. Yet. Well, I don't know if I'll ever work with Kevin Spacey, no. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I text the group chat, which was a bunch of Welsh actors that we all used to meet up, because um, obviously the Welsh contingent up there of actors is massive. I te- checked the group, uh, flung a text out in the group chat. Anyone got any good TV series to watch? And somebody put back in, have you got Amazon Prime? I said, yes. They said, try this new series called Outlander. It's just come out season one. So I went, all right, I'll give it a go. You know, try anything. So uh, I put it on and I'm not kidding you. Halfway through the episode, I turned it off. I was like, um, not not really for me. Thanks for the, you know, for the suggestion. But I don't know what it is now, right? But obviously, whatever, whatever it is, three, four years later, my agent calls me up. We got an audition for you. Uh, three episodes in a TV show called Outlander. And I was like, all right, okay. I know what it is, but I don't know what it is. So, you know, as every actor does, I've done my research. I was like, right, okay. Done my audition. I got the part. Three episodes and you get killed. Fantastic. Three episodes of a big American TV show is better than no episodes of American TV show. So I didn't mind that I was getting killed. I've just finished, well, not just finished. In November, we just finished filming season five. Now, I joined in season four. And I've just finished filming season five. So as for an actor who was told they were going to film three episodes and get killed off, mm-hmm. I've just finished the, the, the second, my second season. And Are you allowed to tell us whether you've been killed or not? Um, well, obviously I'm not. Um, the show actually airs now in three weeks or two weeks, February the 16th. So after the next two months, or twelve, next eight weeks, I'll be able to start talking about you know, because I'd love to go back for season six. I would, but you know, in everybody knows as an actor, these things they're not up to you. But you, you heard it here first, folks, on the Tuesday Club. Get in and have a look at Outlander. Kyle Reese is on it. Um, yeah. So I, I, as much as I am an actor, I love talking about myself. Um, I do hate the sound of my own voice. I hope nobody else does, because otherwise this podcast isn't going to go very <laughs> far. Last very long, is it? Um, yeah. You, uh, you went to Loughborough University. Loughborough, am I saying it right? Loughborough. How do you say that? Loughborough. Luff with an F. Yeah. Right, Loughborough. You went to Loughborough University. It's obviously a renowned university for sports stars and all these different types of mm. uh, people who ex- you know, excel in the world in sport. And you just went back for a reunion this weekend. Well, last night, I think it was, wasn't it? I did, yeah. It was amazing. Surprised to see you here. Uh, to be to <laughs> their credit, I had an amazing time in Loughborough. And you're right, you know, the alumni that have been, from a rugby point of view, is quite staggering, really. You look at... Andy Robinson, Sir Clive Woodward, Fran Cotton, Gerald Davis, you know, to name but a few, Ben Kay, World Cup winner, uh, and the list goes on and on. So to have the chance to go there was amazing. But they've done really well because they've just put a series of re- reunions on for the rugby teams. Yeah. So I played three years there um, while studying sports science. And this was a 90s reunion, so I went 91 to 94. And there was about 80 people there. And, of course, in those three years, you cross over. When you get there in 91, there's people in their third and fourth year. You play with them. Then, you know, you cross over sort of five, six years of people. 
80 people there's people I hadn't seen there for 26 years Kyle it was amazing that's a long time as well it, it is a long time but it goes like that you know and little lunch before then you go out and watch the current Loughborough University team play in the National League they were playing against Lactonians from Hereford watch that good crowd and then a couple of beers in the old JC bar the John Cooper bar which is where we used to go after games and then on for a few more beers and, and a curry and the added value for me as well as meeting all those old friends was my son has now gone to Loughborough yeah. my eldest son is studying history there fantastic day uh, loved it um, and now they have a hundred year uh, anniversary a centenary in August they're having a big day a big dinner and I'm going to try and round up all of my uh, former teammates and go there for that so really 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 enjoyed that so uh, you just said then obviously your oldest son James James has gone there now he's following in, in his daddy's footsteps did you is it a th- university where you went there purely to play rugby or did you go there to study something like is he going to be playing for the rugby side or he he feels he can't it's so elite then it, it's mm. um it's ridiculous in all sports. So England cricket are based there. The most of the Olympians are based there for training. They have a swimming centre. They have a massive power-based gym where boxers go. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, England netball uh, are based there. They, they really are an elite. So I give you an example in my class, if you like. You know, when I was studying, I'd have Mark Mapletoft went on to play for England. Tony Dipro, Steve Smith, the high jumper, won a silver medal in the Olympics. Mark Richardson won a four by four hundred meter gold. I'm sat there in lectures, but these are my mates, like you know. But they, they go on. So the guys I'm watching and, and James is mingling with now are going to be future Olympic medal medalists or British Lions, you know. So you have that feel around the place, has that aura. And like I said to James, you don't have to go there, but he wanted to apply and go there. If you f- if you succeed and, and get through, you'll always have that Loughborough name alongside carrying you. on the holy well, tradition. Well, that is that. I was teasing him and saying, make sure you you, you know you polish my statue. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I bet he loved that. <laughs> he's, oh, he's rolling his eyes, you know. When yeah, don't, took, let, don't let us down, no, James. Oh, I was <laughs> all the stories when I went and took him around. But uh, no, it's great, mate, and uh, and I'm so glad I went there. So uh, yeah, and and just a nice sort of break just before the Six Nations. How oh, good is university, though, now? think about it like university it's, it's got to be the best years of diffi- your life it is good right? it's difficult for kids these days to know what they want to do there's so many courses for them to choose so many mm. universities to go to and then there's the expense you know uh, you, you hear of students coming out of university after three four years and they got 40 50 grand uh, bill student loan bills to pay now the government has put in place they only have to pay a minimal amount over and then they don't have to pay it off after 20 yep. years or whatever but when you're 19 20 21 coming out 22 and you're staying at 40 grand, 20 years' time. You know, I still wouldn't have paid it off. The thing is, that I went to university, but obviously as an actor, you go to university, you call it drama school. It's the yeah. same thing. It's yeah. university, yeah. same level, same level degrees or whatever, right? But you, people go to university, right? Where, where I went, there was it was called the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama, and it was very, very um, renowned for producing actors and not just uh, opera singers, because they did a lot of opera there, but musicians and I just remember when we used to go to like nights out in Glasgow and it was a brilliant place we used to go to the Strathclyde Uni and these people these are the people that are in like Strathclyde Uni and Glasgow University they were like they do like four classes a week and I was like what I was like if I'd have known that I would have actually you know read some books in school I was in <laughs> school in, dra- in university nine o'clock every morning and we'd finish at six o'clock every night yeah but do you know do you know another thing, right? University these days, I was talking to James yesterday. All their lectures are filmed, recorded, and all the slides are online for them. So essentially you if you didn't go to a lecture, 
it's all there. <laughs> so you can just go uh, get pissed for three years and then still do your class just in your do room. Do it online. But yeah, and I tried That's, to... Isn't that the generation now? Oh, no, I'll, I'll just do it online. Them. I'll do it online. So when we went, when I went, <laughs> there wasn't any mobile phones. There wasn't necessarily computers. There was no World Wide Web. You had to handwrite all your assignments. You know, get my violin out. Oh, times have changed, mate. Times have changed. Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more rugby and showbiz. We're going to go down the blind side. The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. Well, this is the part of the podcast, Kyle, where we go down the blind side. Down the blind side. Yeah, nice little rugby term there, but what's down the blind side? Well, it's a chance for us to talk a little bit off-field about showbiz and rugby. What's uh, on the agenda this week? Um, do you know what I've noticed on social media is uh, she's a good friend, uh, Sophie Evans, Welsh singer, actress. Uh, she's doing bloody well for herself um but her and ellis have been in dubai uh the last week Lovely. and uh, what an holiday i look like i'll be honest with you what a couple though a good looking couple do you know what right they uh, people, mike phillips and duffy had a crack at it didn't they yeah but, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i've said a quick story about that right when he started uh, you won't mind me saying this but when um when he started courting duffy when you have it like a tuesday oh tuesday club tuesday would be if you were a Saturday game, a bit of a smash day, you know, you'd have a tough physical session in the morning after weights, yeah. full contact, and then another session, double session, hard day for the boys. Who in between you'd have lunch for them, you know. Um, so then they come up the first session and they all starve in. So they go up, get the food, they sit down, and they all sit in their little cliques. You know, front row was over there, um, uh, second row was over there, and then you got the Fab Four. Then Shane, James Hook, Lee Byrne. And Mike Phillips, and they're on a little <laughs> table of their own, right? They're not saying anything, and nobody's saying anything. We're on the coach's table, all the years, little tinks of you know, knives and forks, thinking that he's eating. It's really quiet. Then all of a sudden, you can hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Mike Phillips, it's Phil Z, right? He's singing the Duffy song, right? <laughs> Honestly, mate, within 30 seconds. So the other three start going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you know it, the whole room's going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no way. Begging you for mercy. <laughs> <laughs> was he? Was he seeing her then? Yeah, he was. Uh, oh, quality, it? quality. I, uh, they didn't really last that long, did they? But Sophie and Ellis have been together a long yeah. time. Um, well, not a long time. Like I'm, they're older or anything. No, you know, I think yeah. me and Ellis are about the same age because Sophie's a few years younger than us. But when I first met Sophie, uh, she was in Pride with me. You see mm-hmm. as well. And um, she she was playing it down then. Oh, yeah, I go out with the rugby player, plays for Cardiff. Mm. And I was like, what's his name? She was like, Ellis. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then obviously, lo and behold, two or three years later, yeah. you know, he's starting to get picked for the Welsh oh, squad. Some player, some player. He's yeah. phenomenal. He's so unlucky with that injury. Been out a long time. But uh, two lovely people, yeah. got to be said. And uh, nice to see him enjoying himself on a bit of a break. Because she's done a long run in Wicked, isn't she? Yeah, in, she uh, has. And I tell you what, that's West tough, mate. That is tough up there yeah. in the West End. Yeah. Hey, talking about James Hook. Uh, announced his retirement. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah. 81 caps, uh, Perpignan, Gloucester after the Ospreys, and then back to the Ospreys. Announced his retirement. He's in good shape, getting out while he can. Hasn't a lot of game time um, in the last couple of years. And Still getting a, paid, though. <laughs> and announced <laughs> a testimonial. Uh, that's going to be good. You'll be, as a mad tap, you'll be there watching that. July the 11th, he's going to have a testimonial oh, match. Oh, 
three yeah. days after my birthday. Oh, well, there we are. I'll, I'll buy you a ticket for your birthday, Kai. Oh, there we are. Thank you very much. I, I'm sort of hoping, uh, I, I'll obviously help Hooky with that, but I'm, I'm sort of hoping that um, they get a big crowd and uh, he makes me coach of his team. Where's he so, going to be played? Um, uh, probably at the Knoll, I would have thought. I think he's going to follow the model of Paul James. Right, did yeah. last year. They had a lot of people turn up. boy. Uh, for his testimonial, turned up and it was a brilliant occasion. Unfortunately, I was away and missed it, but everybody said it was amazing. And uh, and what what happens is all the players used to play with current players, they turn up for them and put a real spectacle on of yeah, a game, yeah. of a dinner the night after, race some money. Fantastic stuff. So we wish Hooky from the Tuesday Club yep. all the very best. All the best, Hooky boy. Retirement. Yeah. What else we got? Um. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a bit about this Finn Russell debacle. Mm. So Finn Russell, obviously, he's world class ten. Um, someone that Scotland will absolutely need throughout the Six Nations or whatever Scotland to play in. But last Six Nations, there was um, a big debate about what happened between him and Gregor Townsend in the changing rooms. First half, they came out, they booted the ball away, England smashed them. Second half, apparently, in the changing rooms at half-time, Finn Russell argued with Gregor Townsend and said, look, every, you're telling us to kick it. Every time we kick it away, they're cutting us open. Allegedly. Sir. Allegedly, sorry. Allegedly. This is all allegedly. This is just my opinions. I don't work for any other media outlets. This is my opinion. <laughs> so, allegedly, he said, stuff you. I'm going to play it my way. And then <laughs> they came back from, I think it was 38, what? 38, I think. It was 38 all in the end. Yeah. It was 38 all. But they came back from something like 32. 31, yeah. No, 31, 5 or something like that. Yeah. To come 38, 31. Yeah. And then George Ford, luckily for Scotland, went over. But now he's turned up for Six Nations camp on mm. Sunday night. All players have met. He's got steam in, allegedly. Left or turned, gone, gone somewhere else. Missed training. And then they've said, all right, you know, you, you won't be playing, but st- stick around, train, help Adam Hastings get prepared for the island game. And then he's buggered off, buggered off and jumped on a plane back yeah. to France. All allegedly, apparently. All allegedly. But, uh, and you were linking the two together. The, the, you think there's an issue between Finn Russell it's and, be an and issue, Gregor yeah. Townsend? Clearly. You know? Well, you, you read the reports, Kyle, and um, he, he is obviously drinking in the hotel, the team hotel. But you read the reports, and apparently some of the fellow players and other staff have approached him to say, look, come on, no. enough's enough. You know, we've got training in the morning. Some of the senior players yeah. as well, apparently. And then he, he misses training. So, they, look, they will have had protocols in place for that sort of thing. You run the risk of... Uh, as a coach, if you don't have any course of action, then you're sending out the wrong message to the to the other players. Yeah, but it just goes to show me, like the man management is is everything at the highest level, you know. Um, and it's unfortunate for Scotland because he's one of their best, if not the best player they have. Spark something is massive in their attack and mercurial sort of player. So they're going to miss him in that first game. Not an easy one either, the Island game. So I'd be interested to see whether or not they get him back for. Or week two, or um, this rumbles on, should we say? It's like we were chatting as well. Uh, you said that uh, Greg Townsend is in a tough position there. He's you know, he's between a rock and a hard place because on one hand he's got to maintain the professionalism professionalism of you know the professional rugby. It's a Scotland team; they're representing Scotland, and then he knows that well, if not his best player mm. is not going to be playing the opener yeah. in Dublin. Yeah. For the Six Nations. It's the hardest thing to do because Gregor wants him in the team, yeah. clearly. But he has to show strength this early in the tournament that we don't know what's going on, but clearly something's gone on. You can't behave like that because you're letting the other boys down, mm. you know? So there's obviously more to it and, and more will come out. And uh, 
maybe a one-match uh, ban is enough. We'll see. We'll see, mate. We'll see. Any, uh, being as you are the rugby man, any inside scoops? Have we uh, have we ever seen or not seen or heard of any other little tips between a player and a coach in your experience over the years? Oh, you get, look, it's, uh, it's, it's like we're going to build inside, mate. You know, you're, they're knocking heads every day and training mm. is hard, you know, long hours and physical work. So you do get stressed uh, situations. Um I, not not too many I want to divulge on here personally, if I'm honest. But I tell was, me after. I no, I was pretty good. You know, uh, I, I think you earn each other's respect, and then when it gets to that situation, then you like to think that respect. But there's a huge level of honesty and eyeballing one another and telling you straight to your face. Yeah, it's more about accepting that. I think you know if if you're in the wrong as a coach or the player and accepting it and changing and working on that. So. I'm sure through our podcast, mate, over the coming weeks, I'll um, I'll divulge a few uh, inner things. Let's get back to showbiz before we get to um, our listeners' questions. By the way, you can tweet us or get in touch on Instagram. Our Twitter handle is at TuesdayClub underscore uh, or TuesdayClubPodcast on Instagram. We'd love to have your questions, topics you'd like Kyle and I to discuss. Um, but before we get to that, Kyle, um, Oscars. The Oscars, Who's yes. going to win them? Well... Do you know what? Have you seen The Irishman yet? Martin Scorsese's new I, one. I haven't, and I love all them. Uh, mate, I tell you all right. Obviously, yeah, everyone who's a film buff, they will know Martin Scorsese. He's done Casino, um, Goodfellas, all these amazing films. And all right, they're all about gangsters and the mob and stuff like that. But he's just done a film now, The Irishman, and it's, it's three and a half hours long, right? But that might put some people off. I wanted it to be longer. He's got, no, genuinely, right? He's got Joe Pesci, right? Yeah. Uh, he's got Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and people are just going to go into that film. If they haven't seen it, right, they're going to assume, oh, Joe Pesci is going to be the same yeah. psychotic um, villain who just wants to go around killing everyone. Uh, Robert De Niro is going to be his right now, and it's totally not. It's the opposite. They, they, the acting in the in the film is incredible, mm. right? Al Pacino, as always, is incredible. Mm. Robert De Niro, as always, is incredible. And Joe Pesci, I think, he steals the show. From is he nominated? He's not nominated. The right. film, I think, between the BAFTAs and the Oscars, which are both on now in the next couple of weeks, I think the film has about twelve nominations between the two awards uh, awards evenings. Um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix you know Joaquin Phoenix yeah, yeah. He, I don't know him personally but I know he is yeah I'd love to know him personally um, The he, Joker The Joker yeah do you know what my favourite film he's ever done is a film called Her and it was before his time it was about six or seven years ago and um, everybody in the world had set you know like a couple of years in the future everyone had a new operating system on their iPhones or whatever it was and he fell in love with the operating system mm. which was voiced by Scarlett Johansson wow that was a great film, but yeah, he's he's cleaning up in awards season. He's won he's won a gold and, best and actor Golden are they, Globe. Are they pretty good indicators when it comes to the Oscars? Then, I mean, normally they are. You you would assume that you know, like some years. I think it was a couple of years ago. Everyone's been going, "Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. When's he going to get his Oscar? You know, nomination, not just the award, because he he was nominated yeah. sometimes five years in a row. We never won anything, but." I think there was a, there was one year where the film was the Rev the Revenant, um, yes. and uh, and that was a great film as well. But he won the Oscar eventually. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think um, he was nominated for a Golden Globe for it or okay. a BAFTA. Okay. So it's not a. a, a it's not set in stone, obviously. But um, so just one of your tips then. Go on. Uh, best film. <clears throat> best film nominated is Irishman for me. Irishman. 
best actor. But I just want to do a shout out. Not that he's ever going to listen to this. Maybe one day if I become friends with him, hopefully, fingers crossed. Adam Sandler, everyone knows he does all mm. these, you know, comedies and yeah. all the rest of it. But he's just done a film with these two brothers, the two directors, the Safdie brothers, right? They did a film with Robert Pattinson, who was uh, the, Dra- the not Dracula, I, everyone will know it's Twilight, the vampire yeah, films. Yeah, he was yeah. the main vampire. And uh, they, he's just done a film with them too, right? And it is amazing, mate. Okay. You got, it's called Uncut Gems. It's not a plug or anything because we don't know him at all. But I think that should have been nominated for... But it hasn't. So but it hasn't. Pick Irishman. Right. Now it's time for listener, listener questions. Listener. Don't forget to get in touch with us for the Tuesday Club questions for Kyle and I to answer any questions uh, at Tuesday Club underscore on Twitter. What have you got for us? Kyle. Right, we have had we've actually had a lot of questions, and seeing as it's our first one, um, Kimberly Fisher, Kimberly Fisher wants to know. It's not anything to do with rugby or Good. acting. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, she wants to know which team we are going to be cheering for in the Super Bowl. Ooh. Now that's an easy one for me. Uh, last year, I had the pleasure of going to Kansas City for the first time. Yeah. Um, and the people there were amazing. They looked after me, and they also gave me a, a lot of Kansas City memorabilia. You wearing, you wearing the, the? I've got the hat on now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so unfortunately for me, my team, the Packers, we uh, lost against well the 49ers. Beaten. Well beaten. They were well beaten, but we didn't have Aaron Rodgers. But I think uh, it's going to be Kansas City for me. I'm going Kansas City as well, only because I used to be a Chicago Bears uh, fan, and they were nowhere near. They haven't been for years. Probably, <laughs> probably since William the Refrigerator Perry played. So, <laughs> Kansas City for me. What's next? Uh, we have got uh, Damien Kuk. Oh, I think I'm saying that right. What does the future of the Pro 14 look like? I've asked Premiership CEOs about the possibility of including Pro 14 clubs into the English Premiership. Rugby question. It is a rugby question. Well, I think they're going to continue to try and expand because they need funding outlets, keep the interest up. I think it's worked having the South African teams. Cheetahs have really improved this year. Kings are slowly improving, as are the Italian teams we've seen the last two years. I think they might reach out to America, maybe. You know, I think uh, we'll see some of those franchises in... Imagine in, they uh, put as much money into rugby as they in do with the NFL. NFL. Yeah, I know. They, 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 nobody would beat them. It well, would, they would be the new New Zealand. It's a wider audience as well. And it's, a lot of this will be down to how USA go in the Olympic sevens. <sighs> because, you know, what they're like in America. If they win that, uh, the profile of rugby will just go through. Fly the up, yeah, So yeah. Martin and I is the chief exec of Pro 14. He's open to all sorts of ideas. So... But I know it's off uh, mainstream TV at the moment. Um, it's on a, a, a pay-per-view basis. But I, I go to all the pro football games to work, Kyle, as you know. It's a great brand of rugby. It really is. Um, lots of tries scored. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I think it'll be pretty open. Thanks for the question, Kuki. I have got another one here saying, how do you... Oh, this one really hurts me, I'll be honest with you. This is from Ross Brooks in Swansea. How do you think the current form of the Ospreys can be fixed? I don't. As personally, he thinks the season is a write-off. Another rugby question. It's another. Well, to be honest, with you Sean, you have got a, a quite a large all following. Right, okay, all right, right. Well, I I think they've clearly taken their eye off the ball in in certain areas. I think they've signed a lot of Welsh internationals, and what happens, Kyle, is those boys are a lot away a lot. Um, when when a large part of your squad and the best players are away, you've got to have somebody at home holding the baby, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so I think their overseas signings have been questionable. Um, they need better, better players at home when those guys are away. <coughs> and I think that maybe the development system, the academy system, need to look at you know the players that they they're coming through. 
Uh, I think Scarlet's done really well there. The Dragons have got a good crop of young players. Sometimes you've got to be lucky with the crop and age group of players. <clears throat> but I'm led to believe there is some real good ones coming through in the next couple of years. I hope from so. The, uh, from the 16s and 18s, uh, Wales 18s, who are Osprey boys. Um, but yeah, look, they're going to have to go back to basics. They're going to have to go back, to, I think, to where the success was, understand their true values, get that culture right. And get the coaching team right because they haven't got it right for for quite a few years. Well, I hope they do because yeah, I, I'm actually sitting here with one of the last people to ever lift some silverware with the Ospreys. Uh, but, that, but that's that's gone, mate. That's it's about now, and um, I'm sure. Yes, but I want it now. I'm sure there's enough. <laughs> I'm sure there's enough uh, common sense and rugby nose to get it right uh, because they can't get any lower than they are at the moment. Well, we got one last question, and this does mix a little bit of. Um, showbiz and film and tv with rugby ryan evans has asked in a blockbuster film about welsh rugby who from hollywood would make up the welsh 15 and who <laughs> who would play you both in the film right, well, I, do, I don't think i'd be in the welsh 15 if they were no. going to play me no. um, who would play you who would play me in a film well right now james corden <laughs> but I don't. I, I know he was in Gavin and Stacey, but I don't know about his Welsh accent, so I don't know. Uh, Who'd play you in a film? God, I don't know. Yeah, it's a forty-nine-year-old um, knees shot uh, has been. Uh, I don't know. Who'd, who'd you tell me who would play me? I don't know. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. I take that. <laughs> I take that all day long. Great showman. Uh, right. Uh, who would play? Let's do. Let's do a captain then. Let's instead of doing the whole fifty. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do the Six Nations captain over the next couple of weeks in the podcast. There we are. So start with Wales. Obviously, we'll start with Wales. Wales. Um, so uh, Alan Wynne Jones. Who would play Alan Wynne Jones? Oh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren would play Alan. Wynne. Well, look. If he dies, he dies. If he dies, well, do you know what? I've seen that look coming from Alan Wynne in a few games, mate. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, it, Dolph, I think he's perfect. He's He's absolutely. I don't know the, the the actual height of Dolph Lundgren. All I know is he's massive. He's a giant of a bloke. So is Alan Wynn. Yeah. Um, no disrespect to either of these huge gentlemen. Don't hunt me down. But the, you know the hairs are going mm. on the top of the heads. Um, but they both they both really hard as well. Like right, okay, I'm gonna go for Dolph Lundgren for me. Dolph, I would have gone Hugh Jackman. That's a good one. But um, who's the guy that played um, Deadpool? Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, go Ryan Reynolds. Do you know why? No. Cause, yeah, because he's he's a bit quirky. He's a bit quirky. Alan Wynn's a little bit quirky, right? He's a little bit, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for Ryan Reynolds in in Deadpool character. How's that? Oh, in that sort of. Yeah, that thing. Yes, I. Right, there you good. go, Ryan Reynolds and Dolph Lundgren. Next week we'll uh, we'll do Owen Farrell. We are all week to think about that one. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm gonna come up with some pearls for that. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening to the first episode of the Tuesday Club. Thanks for all your questions. Sorry we couldn't get round to uh, to all of them. But if you want to ask us some more, then please get stuck into our Twitter page uh, at Tuesday Club underscore on Instagram at Tuesday Club Podcast. Kyle, it's yeah. been amazing. It's been emotional. Well, it's, it's emotional now that we're going to finish, but yeah. Yeah, well, that's a, I think we've talked enough. We have talked enough. Look forward to coming to you from the Brit Pub in Carmarthen next week on the Tuesday Club. Uh, but for now, it's bye from me. And bye from me. The Tuesday Club is available to listen to on Spotify and iTunes.